Welcome to IBC Changemakers with me, Nadira Tudor. A conversation with global names from across the broadcasting world, sharing their personal drive and passion. The story of how they're shaking it up and making change happen. You're listening to the IBC Changemakers, and I'm really looking forward to my next conversation. I'm delighted, actually devastated, not to have big or little yellow ears on, because our next guest is from the charity best known for a big yellow bear. With 15 years experience at ITV Daytime and 15 years at BBC News, with a keen interest for tech, for good, and planning a major gaming activation for this year's appeal, producer of Children in Need's most successful ever 24-hour challenge, the BBC Breakfast Drumathon, which was incredible. I'm sure that you'll all agree. Please welcome Head of Content Innovation and Development of Children in Need, Lisa Kelly. Lisa, thanks so much for joining us. Um, making a difference for young people. What a fantastic space to be making change and innovation. What drives you? Yeah, hello, Nadira. Hugely amazing to be working in this space. Um, Obviously, the difference that we can make for young people um, is what drives everybody at BBC Children in Need now. Um, You know, the amount of money we can raise every year has an absolute direct impact on young people who need our help up and down the country. And you're always innovating, always looking for something new, the next trend. What is next? (laughs) Well, if only I had a crystal ball, who knows? (laughs) Oh, but you do. (laughs) I think the key thing is to, you know, to to be very mindful and aware of what's happening in society today, um, really understanding it from a young person's perspective. Um, You know, things have changed um, over the last few years with COVID and the impact the lockdowns had on young people. So we've had to very quickly shift what we do um, to really understand where the need is now and how much that is changing. And when you look at something like the Drumathon, because it was so fantastic, it really was, and um, very impactful and fun. (laughs) There's an example of an idea that actually I'd love to know where that came from. I think um, it was a lot of it was to do with timing, to be honest with you. Um, You know, we brought people together just as we were all coming out of lockdown. People had been starved of live music and being able to enjoy real critical moments where you could come together as one. Um, I think music and drumming particularly is something that really had a special connection with people. We know that the drum beat, you know, is the sound of the heartbeat. It's the very first thing that we ever connect to as, as when, when we're first created. Um, and I think there's something very magical about people who can drum together. And obviously, not only was it a really hard challenge for Owain to drum continuously for 24 hours, um, but the joy that um, everybody within the drumming community brought to that challenge really lifted it above anything we could have ever hoped and dreamed of, really. Um, but it was was not down to me at all. It was down to everybody who took part in that challenge um, from some of the biggest named drummers in the world. Um, to children from our projects um, who find that music is is a huge benefit to them to help them through whatever challenges they're facing. And what was so brilliant, I think that the best part for me was obviously the drumming to the BBC theme tune. 
Yes, which was exactly. just fantastic. And and being a person who loves dance music, you know, I kind of grew up in that in that era of dance music. Wasn't well, that fantastic? Can... Yeah, and I've I've heard that BBC News theme dropped in many raves back in the day. Actually, exactly. as well. So... We were probably clubbing together, Lisa. <laughs> it was really cool to be able to do something really different and really engaging with the BBC theme tune, and loads of people. People still to this day say that whenever they feel a bit down, they'll put that on and it helps lift their mood a little. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, as head of innovation, how do you, you know, you've mentioned staying across those trends. Um, what's sparking your interest at the moment? I think um, everything we do at Children in Need is to try and make life better for young people. So I'm a mum. I've got two teenage girls of my own. I think really trying to understand what life is like for young people today. Um, you know, during COVID and lockdown, they didn't have a voice. Lots of young people we support were completely cut out of society, um, had no way of engaging with others. And I think even to now, even to this day, you know, we're still really shocked by what we're hearing about the impact that young people are facing. Lots of them have lost, you know, their confidence. They've lost two years of socialising, you know, really key life moments that most of us have gone through. Young people just haven't experienced because of COVID. And we're seeing the huge impact that that's having today. So I think to be able to make change for, for the better and for the good, we really have to see life through the eyes of young people today to truly understand, you know, where change needs to be brought about and not just to take it for granted that we think everything's back to normal because for hundreds of thousands of young people in this country, it really isn't. And it's crucial, isn't it, that we, uh, as the adults in society, as those in positions that can make change, that we identify what those changes are and how they consume and how they adopt certain technologies and media. Um, and I uh, am assuming that this is a big part of what you do. It is, it is. And, and giving the a young people a voice to be able to express that. So um, we have this amazing opportunity with technology at our fingertips. But for many young people, it's really difficult for them to even access the internet. Um, you know, we, we, we know that the power of social media can be amazing, but it can also be hugely damaging as well. And, you know, the, the way that the world is moving, we have all these open digital spaces that we can all be part of. But you know, we all need to understand how, you know, the responsibilities that we have in enabling those spaces to be safe for young people, because for many, they, they might not be. And you see that firsthand because you mentioned that you're a mum and, and you see the impact, don't you, directly. How does that Absolutely. affect the decisions that you're making? Yeah, I mean, my kids are obsessed with TikTok. You know, they're on all social media platforms. Um, I can see it when they've had a bad day themselves, the impact it has on them. So for young people who don't have supportive care people around them, they don't have responsible adults looking out for them. Um, it can be a very, very scary place. Um, and I think we have to be really mindful whenever we're asking young people to take part in things that we're doing that has a social context and um, the impact that that could really, really have on their lives. The next big idea for this year, uh, this year's appeal is gaming. How did that come about and what's driving that? 
Yes, it is really exciting. Um, so, I mean, we were led by our projects and, and what we were being told during COVID. So we knew that during COVID, lots of our projects that we fund couldn't meet up with their young people, couldn't do the usual condition checks that they do on them to check that they're okay. So lots of them turned to using video games as a real amazing place to meet their young people so that they could play video games with them. And while they were chatting to them and sharing that time together, they could also ask them to switch their camera on, to check what they were wearing, to look at the state of their room, to have a chat with them about what they'd had for their tea and just use it as um, a real positive way to kind of keep a relationship going when they couldn't physically see them or go around and, and visit them at home. So when lots of them were telling us that video games, you know, was becoming this real tool for them to kind of not only engage with young people, but enable others to come together, we started to wonder what could we do in this space um, to really kind of promote responsible gaming. And the stories I were hearing were not what I was reading in the newspapers or hearing on social and digital. It wasn't the scare stories. It was amazingly positive stories about the benefits that video games were bringing. And um, it just struck me that in all my years of being a journalist, I'd, I'd never seen that. And it was something that really interested me. And made me start to think, well, what could we do in this space? So what's Pudsy going to be doing? Is Pudsy going to be gaming? <laughs> he is, he is. Well, um, we're, we're all about responsible gaming. So, um, and we're all about gaming that's active and sociable. So, um, you know, we're really trying to dispel that stereotype and that myth of gaming being somebody on their own, sat in their bedroom for hours on end. Um, what we know is, you know, with the young people that we support, gaming's not that. Gaming's absolutely where they meet their friends. It's how they spend like really good quality social time. Um, it's how they can express themselves and, and how they can learn lots of social things that they may have missed out on in life about how to be a friend, how to make friends, how to express themselves if they need support or help, um, and just how to find people that understand them um, where they feel accepted. Um, so Pudsey's going to be racing um, in the F123 video game. Uh, we're taking some sim rigs around the country. So Pudsey will be racing on those. Um, we're also playing Just Dance. Um, so he'll be getting his um, dance moves perfected um, to, to dance along to that. Um, and we're also going to be playing a game called Haddo, um, which is a brand new um, sort of techno team sport, a bit like dodgeball, but kind of in a sort of augmented reality space. So, yes, you're going to be seeing him playing, lot, having lots of fun playing video games. Oh, I can't wait to see that. Um, <laughs> I do want to take you back to, you know, you use the word responsible gaming. Hmm. Yeah, and, th and there is a lot of controversy, obviously, uh, to do with children and gaming. What does that mean in, in your view? I Yeah, I, I tend to use the analogy um, of football or rugby or any other kind of sport where we don't stop our children taking part just because some children might get concussed or some people, some children might get injured. 
we whatever our children do, whatever they play, we know that there's meant to be rules to that and there's meant to be parameters that we have to set. So we don't advocate gaming for long periods of time. We do advocate that um, young people need to understand how to set all the controls and all the permissions correctly when they're playing games. We do understand that if they're playing in social environments, um, you know, how to how to behave responsibly and, and how to look after themselves if something upsetting happens to them and um, we also work with lots of projects who create guides not only for young people but for parents and for teachers as well um, so we want to make sure that we equip young people to play responsibly and to be able to understand who and where to seek help from um, if something doesn't quite go as, the, as they'd planned. And we're all learning all the time, aren't we, how to how to monitor and implement these rules and how to encourage that those parameters are adhered to. Um, the, the, it, it, it's an organic process, isn't it? It is. Lots of people are, yeah, as you say, we're, we're learning as we go ourselves. But there is a huge amount of research that's been going on that does absolutely show the positives and the benefits of gaming. We know it can help young people with their mental health. Um, we know it's a sociable space. So as particularly during lockdown for a lot of young people, it's how they kept their relationships going. And we see that with our projects. So, you know, we, we fund projects where young people might be in long term hospital or hospice care. So gaming for them not only is pain relief and helps them kind of relieve the long hours of boredom, but it, it keeps them in contact with their friends and their family back home. So, you know, when they are back in, in society, they've not lost those valuable relationships and have to start again. Because relationships obviously are about that constant contact, aren't they? And and if you're talking about, you know, the children that you're talking about who are in exceptional circumstances, and of course we want to look at diversity and inclusion as well from that perspective, what do you think gaming has got to offer in that arena? Absolutely. We, we fund lots of young people with disabilities and they tell us that um, when they're playing video games, they can do whatever they dream of. They can be whoever they want to be. So if their disabilities prevent them from being able to run around a football pitch with their friends, they can score the most goals that they possibly want to when they're playing football video games. Or they can dance, they can fly, they can do whatever they want to do. It's also an amazing way just to switch off. So we know that if young people have had challenging days and they want to come home you know they might not want to be on social media they might want to do something active such as playing a game like just dance where they can really just dance away their cares dance away their worries um, do something physical and active um, as well as something engaging that really challenges them um, we're working with just dance this year because they've developed um, the first um, dance map which uses um, a wheelchair so it means that young people who have to remain seated um, for whatever reason can still take part and we want to see much more innovation um, in that area to develop. And that is incredibly innovative to, to incorporate that. It's not been done before, has it? And not difficult either. Um, you know, we, we work with um, games companies who are putting lots of different assisting games. So young people who might have sight challenges can play. Young people who might be deaf can still play. 
Um, young people with autism, there's a lot of video games that are being um, invented so that it makes it much easier for people, whatever their challenges are, to be able to still enjoy a game and take part. But th there's a lot of work that needs to be done in that space. And, and that's something that we really, really are excited to see develop over the years to come. It's really interesting to hear you talking about these collaborations and partnerships too. How important is that for innovation to happen as well? hugely important uh, we could not do any of this on our own so you know we are partnering with um, video games companies and um, video games developers and we're partnering with content creators and influencers people who are already very very active in this space um, to enable us to reach um, audiences but also so that we truly understand what what our space is in the in the in this whole industry and how we can add value and, and make things better for young people who spend a lot of their time involved in it. And of course, you're um, going to be collaborating with those companies, with those organisations with a certain mindset. And surely that is influencing a cultural shift at the BBC. Definitely. We hope so. Um, you know, I think we have to understand a lot more about gaming to be able to have a, an authentic and respected voice in this space. So, you know, it's it's we have to understand where the benefits come. We have to understand what we mean when we say responsible gaming. Um, but for us to be able to say something meaningful, um, you know, we have to be part of that industry. And, and that's what we're trying to do um, with Children in Need is take the BBC by the hand <laughs> um, and kind of find our way in, um, you know, alongside people who have got the best intentions um, at heart. Because ultimately, from what we've been told by the charities that we fund, we can see the benefits that gaming is having and we just want to be able to make them much more wider available for, for for hundreds of other young people and families and teachers um, and anybody else who's involved in supporting and looking after young people today. And that's a huge challenge, isn't it? And, you know, you mentioned the pandemic and uh, and education was a huge area where children suffered because they were stuck in their bedrooms trying to study, trying to keep up. And, and obviously not everyone had that access to tech. So this all sounds very exciting, Lisa. Um, you know, we can't wait to see the content. Now, if you don't mind me asking, can we delve a little bit into your own personal story too in terms of driving change in broadcasting? How have you found this mix um, of content and tech in your career? Um, I mean, the world is moving technologically super fast, isn't it, at the moment? And I think from a charity's perspective, um, for us to remain rele relevant, um, we have to try and join that journey as quickly as we possibly can. So, you know, culturally, we know this is where young people are spending their time. Um, we know it's where they get a lot of fun and enjoyment from. And for us to be able to connect properly with young people, to really understand what is going on in their lives, um, to really be able to help bring about change, then, you know, we have to connect with them on the platforms and in the spaces that they are active too. Now, as Head of Innovation and Development, what can we do to better support equity and change? I think it really is about sharing power, giving a voice to young people to truly 
understand what it is that they need. Um, we have to take time to listen to them, um, to really kind of work out, not not for us to think this, this needs changing, but to understand why it needs changing. Um, I think all the best kind of innovative projects truly understand that. Um, you know, it's, it, you don't make change for change's sake. It's about why do we need to make this change and, and how is that going to benefit people in the future? So relevant change is what you're talking about. Absolutely. And why do you care so much, Lisa? Why is it something <laughs> that you're so passionate about? I think through um, 30 years of telling stories as a journalist, you really do know when something has made an impact on an audience, when something has really brought about positive change. And I've seen that so much more through working for a charity such as Children in Need, because we see day in, day out the difference our our work, our behaviour, our fundraising really has on those young people. And I think it's the young people I meet on a daily basis who tell us about the difference that Children in Need has made to their lives that just you know, pushes you on to do more. Um, but, you know, we, we are always reliant on the generosity of, of the British public. And so to enable them to understand how the difference, you know, their money makes, we have to keep finding new ways to excite them, to engage with them, to show that we understand what life is like for them. So, yeah, that's what that's what drives me each day is is trying to make more meaningful connections to hopefully raise more money so that we can help more children in the future. And, uh, are there any future trends? Pudsey, what's it going to do next year? Oh. <laughs> do you have any idea? Can you give us any secrets? I don't know as yet. So I mean, let's let's get this one off the ground first and uh, <laughs> we'll build from there. Well, Lisa, it's been brilliant to talk to you. Really good conversation and uh, very excited to hear what's coming up and how you're learning and being more and more enthused by the innovation and positive stories that you're finding in gaming. Um, and yes, you did hear it here first. Pudsey is going to be racing in a sim and playing video games, reaching out to underserved audiences. And that's really important that we mention that and finding ways to change assumptions uh, with education and in the new. So thank you for being part of an IBC change maker conversation with us. It's been fantastic. Thank you, Lisa. You've been listening to the IBC Changemakers podcast. With me, host Nadira Tudor.